This is the Life Church Podcast. For more messages, to watch our live stream, or to find other events, go to lifechurchnow.org. Hey guys, we're so glad you are joining us online. Um, you know, last week we kicked off this series called Words That Can Change Your Life. Each week we're going to be talking about a different word that um, has amazing impact as we begin to use it in our lives. Uh, we kicked off with the word no, a very liberating word. But although I did, I, did, I did discover that there are some of you that were listening last week that you were like, yeah, that's what I needed. Because I, you live with a big fat no. It's, everything is no, no, no. But we, this word actually, as I talked about it last week, it's, there are things that we have to say no to. Sometimes there are good things that we need to say no to so that we can make room for better things in our life, right? In fact, if your life is all about no, you have to understand that you cannot live on a steady diet of no. It will kill your spirit. We do have to learn to say no, but we were made for yes. You and I were made for yes. When you love somebody, part of what, what happens in your, in your spirit, in your soul when you love somebody is that you want to say yes, like if a, a parent-child relationship is working the way it should work, and many of you have experienced that, then, then you want to say yes to your children, right? Dad, can I, can I pursue this dream? Dad, can I, can I go on this adventure? You want to say yes, yes, yes. Sometimes you have to say no. But a parent's heart's desire is to say yes to their kids. They love saying yes. Or maybe a friend comes to you and says, hey, can I, can I spend some time with you? Can I share something that's on my heart, some burden that I have in my life? Can I, can I share a secret with you that nobody else knows? A friend always wants to say yes, yes, yes. Or when you love somebody, when you fall in love with somebody, a romantic love. Man, you know what it's like when you first meet that person? It's like... You, you, you will do anything for them. You will climb Mount Kilimanjaro if you have to. It's always yes, yes, yes. So either you carry a yes around in your heart or you carry a no around in your heart. We all know this. When there's somebody in your life that has a yes in their heart for you, they want you to succeed. They love to encourage you. They love for you to grow. They want to see you soar. They believe in you. They may have to challenge you sometimes in, in very stinging ways, painful ways, but it's because they love you, they care for you, they want, they want you to be the best you that you could possibly be. We also know, on the other hand, that when there's someone who has a, a no in their heart for you, they love to criticize. They love to find ways and, and find fault in your life. They love to, to rain on your parade. They don't want you to soar. And they'll express this in many different ways. They'll do it with, sometimes with words, but oftentimes it's not even words. Sometimes it's just body language. Sometimes it's just a nod of the, uh, of the head or it's a, you know, a raised eyebrow and you carry the weight, you feel the weight of no in your life. And so this brings me to this fundamental question. We know that there are people in our lives that have a yes towards us in their heart or they have a no towards us in their heart. But here's the fundamental question I want to ask you. Do you think of God as having yes in his heart for you? Or do you think of God as having a no in his heart with, for you? When you think of God, do you see God looking down upon you smiling? Or do you see God w wagging his finger at you or shaking his head at you? That was really the concern that the Apostle Paul had in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that we're going to be looking at today. 
the Apostle Paul has this relationship with the church in Corinth, and they're not quite sure what Paul's heart is towards them. He wrote them a letter, the first letter to the Corinthians. He wrote that letter to them, and it was a, a stinging letter. It was a letter of rebuke. He was challenging them to, to live up to the potential that they had in Christ Jesus. And then he had a visit planned to, to go meet them, but then those plans got canceled. So they're wondering, they're left wondering, you know, God, does, does Paul like us? Does he have a no in his heart towards us or does he have a yes in his heart towards us? So Paul wants to address this directly and so he writes to them and he's going to talk about this but he's not going to embed it in his own character. Instead, he's going to talk about this from the standpoint of the character of God that God has a yes, a yes for all of his children. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting with verse 18, he says, but as surely as God is faithful... Our message to you is not yes and no. Paul's saying, hey, we're not going back and forth with our message. We're not wishy-washy with our message. He goes, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, these are the ones who are bringing the gospel to Corinth. He says, was not yes and no. It was not yes and no. God is not wishy-washy either. But in him, it has always been yes. In Christ, it's always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. God has a yes for us. For no matter how many promises God has made, by one count, there are 7,457 promises in the scriptures. 7,457 promises and every single, Paul doesn't say some of them or a few of them or a, a lot of them. That's not what he says. He says all of them are yes in Christ Jesus for you. God has a yes in his heart for you. And some of you need to hear this right now. Because you think of God as looking down upon you and, and, and wagging his finger at you. You think of God wishing, wishing bad on your life. But God has a yes for you. I mean, your mother might have said No. Your father might have said no. Your kids might say no. Your boss might say no. Your coach might say no. The IRS guy might say no. Your dog might say no. Your cat will definitely say no. <laughs> but in God, there are 7,457 promises that are yes in Christ Jesus. God, will you save me? Yes. God, will you cleanse me? Yes. God, will you heal me? Yes. God, will you give me a new start? Yes. God, will you give me strength? Yes. God, will you give me guidance? Yes. God, will you give me wisdom because I don't really know what's going on? Yes. God, will you help me to forgive that person? Get over this resentment? Yes. 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 Those are God's, that's God's promise for you. He has a yes for you. All of God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus because of what he did on the cross. There's this big Yes, for each and every one of us. Now, we live in this shaky world, and sometimes it's hard for us to believe that God really has the good for us. Sometimes it's hard for us to believe that, that really there is a promise, a yes promise for us, because the world is unshaky, it's uncertain. But in the midst of this shaky, uncertain COVID-19 world, God has promises for you, promises of yes. You see, the Apostle Paul, he, he understood that. He knew a life of suffering, of deprivation, of disappointment. 
In fact, Paul is in prison right now when he writes the letter, the second letter to, to, to Corinth. He's in prison. And while he's in prison, he says, all of God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus. God has a yes for you. Now these verses that I just read, there are two yeses. <clears throat> There's the yes of God. God's promises, 7,457 promises. Now, if you want to, you can live in those promises. You can choose to embrace those promises into your life. You can get into the, into the scriptures and start reading through the promises of God. There are all kinds of, you can go to YouVersion, uh, the Bible app. You can go to YouVersion. There's all kinds of ways that you can actually dive into the promises of God and embrace them into your life. And if you do that, God will do something in your life. God will, God will revolutionize you. He will make you a conduit of his goodness in this world. But there's another yes that we find, a second yes in this passage in verse 20. It says, and so through him, the amen, now through him we're talking about Christ Jesus, through him, talking about Jesus, the amen is spoken, and who, do, who says the amen? Not God. The amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So there's a yes that God speaks to us. God's heart towards us is yes, but then there's also a yes that we say to God. This first yes that the, the Apostle Paul uses is just a very common nondescript word. It just means yes. In the Greek, it's nigh. That's the Greek word for yes in the Bible. But we see here there's a second yes that the Apostle Paul is using, and it's a Hebrew word for yes. He uses a variant of yes. It's a Hebrew word, and it's the word Amen. Now, you've probably heard the word amen. Unfortunately, in our day, it's become kind of a churchy word, a, a pious word, a, a word that's used very flippantly sometimes. I was, uh, I was in a church service once, and there was a missionary speaking, and the missionary was talking about a story of a of young man who had given his life to Christ. <clears throat> And um, as he's telling the story, he started talking about some of the ways that this, this guy was tortured. And one of the ways was there was these cigarettes that were being put on his skin and burning his skin. And the whole time he's telling this story of torture of this, of this person who's being tortured, there was a woman sitting next to me and she just kept saying, amen, amen. Like, does she even know what it means to say amen, right? You see, this is a, a Hebrew word in Jesus' time, excuse me, <clears throat> In Jesus' time, <coughs> sorry about that. In Jesus' time, they would, have, they would have heard this word and would have had incredible amount of significance. It would have been like yes on steroids. It would have been, it would have been so be it. That's what it literally means, so be it. That's what we, what we want. This is what I'm down with. This is what I really want in my life. That's what amen meant. So how do we say yes to God? See, there's a yes from God to us, and then there's a yes that we get to say to God. How do we say yes to God? Oftentimes, our, our spiritual lives are so private, we think that our yes to God is just a little, it's something that's just concerning me and me alone. But you see, you have to understand that God is really concerned about people. God is interested in people. In fact, there are 59 verses where God uses, where the word one another is used. God's, God's yes, our yes to God is, we find 59 verses that our yes to God is basically saying, God, 
As I say yes to you, what I am doing is I am loving, I am caring, I am, I am, I am ministering to others. This is how we say yes to God. We become conduits of God's yes, of God's love, of God's power, of God's goodness to other people. So how do I make my life a yes to God and a yes to others? Um, There's an author, professor, Dallas Willard. I I love Dallas Willard. He's one of my favorite theologians. He was a philosophy professor at the University of Southern California. And, and he's talking about this, how we, how we engage other people. And he says this, every contact with a human being should be one of goodwill and respect. So he said, every time you and I connect with somebody, another human, it should be one of goodwill and respect with a readiness to acknowledge, make way for, or assist the other in suitable ways. That how we should live our lives Connecting with other people should be where we're respecting, where we're offering goodwill to others. Imagine if this is how we lived our lives. Imagine the impact that we can make if we lived our lives treating others with respect and goodwill. What if in our hearts we always had a yes of goodwill to others? What if in our hearts we always had a yes of goodwill to You know, we are, we are beings with a will, that's what we we have wills. Our wills, we have desires, we have longings, we have, we have feelings. That's what was, so what if our wills were submitted to God and we said yes to him? You see, we're invited by God to direct our wills to him and also to other people. The Apostle Paul talks about this in, to the church in Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, he says, therefore... Encourage now the therefore he's talking about this hope that we have in Christ Jesus, one of these promises. It's a hope of a future. Whether we're dead or alive, we have this hope in Christ Jesus. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Since we have this promise from God, we should encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Paul says you should encourage each other. You should, you know, you should. You should be building each other up. You know, do you realize that we are either building people up or we're tearing people down with our interactions with them? Now, you may not think that. You may not wonder. You may, you may think, I never say those kind of things, but your expressions, your body language, the way you might look at a person, sometimes we do it without even knowing. I, I've been, you know, in my lifetime, I've been to a lot of softball games. My, my daughter has played softball, fast pitch softball since she was 10 years old. She's now 22. And um, uh, I've been to these games and I've seen, you know, I've exactly seen this, this yes of goodwill happening, building up or tearing down with our, with our expressions, with our mannerisms, with our, with, with our body language. I've seen parents where a, do- a girl gets up to bat and the ball comes and she just strikes out, sometimes strikes out horribly. And I've seen how parents will, their shoulders will slump they will look down, they'll hold their head. And as a girl's walking by, she can feel it. They're not saying anything, but she feels the no. I've also seen parents that when the daughter strikes out, the parents like, they don't like it. Nobody likes striking out. But the parents like, that's okay, you got this. You'll get the next one. All right, and there's encouragement going on. They're building them up. Now here's the deal, you have people in your life when you go to work, when you're at school, maybe even at home, 
and they're discouraged. They're discouraged about something. You can be God's yes to them. You can come alongside them and encourage them and breathe life into them. Maybe when you go to the grocery store and somebody behind the, the counter, you know, they have that mask on and we don't know, we see the mask and we, don't, we think everything's fine, but maybe not. Maybe things are not going well in their life. And just your attitude, the way you treat them, your yes of goodwill can really be, make a difference in their life. You can be that person. See, that's the yes of goodwill. It's fundamental. We're to be people whose wills have been, have been remade by God so that we can walk through life with a will that radiates the goodness, the yes of God to other people. There's also a yes of acknowledging others, a yes of acknowledging others. We live in a world of human beings. We are human, they are human. And sometimes we need to be conscientious of acknowledging other people. The Apostle Paul in, uh, in Rome He's talking to the church in Rome and he, he writes this verse, uh, this, he writes this passage, Romans 16, 16. He says, greet each other with a sacred kiss. And I'm thankful that we don't do that these days. Although I hear that like in Russia, they do that, like they actually, like guys will kiss each other on the mouth in church. And I'm like, I'm glad we don't do that. But here's what Paul's saying, greet each other with a sacred kiss. What is he trying to say here? What is he trying to tell us? And what's interesting is that Paul didn't say, greet the people of Rome from, on, on my behalf. That's not what he said. He said, greet each other, right? Be people who greet one another, who acknowledge each other. The word literally means to embrace unto oneself. In other words, to bring them in, bring them close. This is the idea. You can go through life. You can go through life and make eye contact, for example, Right? You can, you can see people. You can acknowledge them. You, 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 you cross paths with people at work, at school, in all, all kinds of places. And when you pass by them, you can acknowledge them. You can greet them. You can bring them into yourself. We can go through life making eye contact or we can go through life like this. I remember walking through an airport and seeing a famous actress walking through and this is that typical thing, you know, the hoodie over the head, the hat that pulled down real low. They don't want to make eye contact. They don't want to be seen. And I get that. Sometimes my life can be so overwhelmed with, with requests, with people coming at me. I just don't want to interact with anybody. But that's like saying no to them. That's like not willing to acknowledge them. Paul says, greet each other. Just look at each other. Consider each other acknowledge each other. I've discovered that an open door for the gospel sometimes is as simple as just acknowledging another person's humanity. Acknowledging that they have some worth with God. Even if their lives are completely different than ours, even if they're completely, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not going to church, whatever it is, but acknowledging them opens the door for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I learned this very early on. My very first pastor I remember going into this church. I, I really didn't want to be there. I wasn't a Christian at the time. Went into this church. My mom kind of drug us there. I was 17 years old. And I sat in church and I just, I was a cocky, critical kind of guy. I just did not believe anything that they were talking about. And this was a Pentecostal church of all things. They, they had all kinds of crazy stuff going on. So I sat back with my arms crossed, just in judgment, critical of everything that was going on. 
And I remember as I was walking out of the church, I'm walking towards the exit of the, of, of the church, and there the pastor stood. Now, I have to be honest with you, I, I was very critical of in my head, was very critical of him while he was preaching. But he stood at the door, and as I walked by, he, sh- he put his hand out to shake my hand, and he said, hey, young man, what is your name? And I said, my name's Ricky. And he said, hey, Ricky, I just want you to know that God has great, and he was making eye contact with me, God has great plans for your life. He acknowledged me. He recognized me. He saw me, right? Too easy for us to go through life without acknowledging others. Another yes that we see is the yes of making way for others. Making way for others. We live in a world where people just want to make their own way. Where it's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's what I want. It's what makes me comfortable. It's what's make me happy. Maybe we extend that a little bit further. It's what makes me and my family happy. It's what makes me and my parents happy. And that's the kind of world that we live in. The Apostle Paul speaks about this in Philippians chapter 2. He says, in humility, in other words, this nature, this character that we're supposed to be carrying out, in humility, value others above yourself. That's really hard to do. Because we're fighting against this nature that we have that says it's all about me. Value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That we need to be conscientious of others around us. This is an opportunity for us to say yes, you first, to someone else. And we don't always like saying you first. I've I've flown on planes many, many times, and there's this phenomenon that happens. You probably have experienced this before yourself, where especially if it's a really long flight, as the plane lands and it starts taxiing towards the towards the uh, terminal, um, people start getting ready to get off the plane, right? And so as it gets closer to the terminal, and they're waiting for that little light to turn off, the seatbelt light to turn off, and for the bell to ring, and as soon as they do, they just jump in the aisle. It's like I'm I'm in this game. It's a race to beat the guy in the across from me to get in the aisle first, because I have to get off this plane. I have to get to my car first. It's this game that I play that I win. It's crazy. I know that maybe you don't do that, but here's the thing: too many of us go through life that way. We're competing against others. We're not making way for others. We're competing against others. What if, instead of that crazy rush that says, I've got to be first, we started practicing making a way for others? Saying yes by allowing others to go first. By letting, letting them get credit. When you had a big part of it, but let them get credit. Making way for others. Another yes is the yes of serving others. The yes of serving others. I love this. This was actually, this is what the early church was, was known for. Serving others. It's what made them great. It's what made the early church uh, actually explode in many ways is that they served others. Paul actually would say things like this in Galatians 5.13. He says, serve one another. I mean, do you think, is he being clear? <laughs> serve one another. Serve one another. Be a servant to one another. Make yourself second to one another. Serve one another humbly in love. We have an opportunity to serve people around us. This is what the church does. And you know what? So many in this church do that. When Servolution rolls around every year, I'm just humbled. I'm humbled 
by, by seeing hundreds of people coming to the, into this building and they just begin to serve people. You have doctors, you have, you have lawyers, you have all kinds of people coming and getting on their knees and putting shoes on little kids' feet, giving haircuts, just serving one another. This is just amazing what God is doing in this church as people serve other people. So many people behind the scenes right now, for example, you're watching this and you see me, I, yeah, I'm the one that's always on stage. I'm the one that you see, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes that you don't see. You don't know their names. And they're here week after week, you know, spending time with behind the camera or, or you know, mixing sound or making sure the lights are right. And you have to understand that what they've done is they've said a big yes to serving others. There's enough people in this world that have a big fat no when it comes to service, when it comes to working. There's just no in their heart. You might know some of those, those people. It's always, they're always complaining about their boss or they're complaining about their work. They're complaining about their pay. They're complaining about their schedule. Always complaining about something. It's just no, 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 no. And it's so life-giving. It's so refreshing to watch somebody work with a yes on their heart. They do it with good attitude. I used to work with a guy named Johnny. At, I worked for a company called Arco Oil and Gas Company. And um, it was an entry-level job. It was minimum wage. We worked down in the basement of this building. Uh, it was in the print room. Uh, yeah, it, it was not a job. It wasn't a glorious job. It wasn't a job to brag about. It was just a job. And there was a guy named Johnny that, that worked there. He was, I, was in my, I was like 19 years old. He was like in his 40s. And every day, Johnny would come to work whistling a hymn, probably from church or something he had been listening to. And he would whistle these hymns all day long. And he would work with a good attitude and he would work hard. And I mean, he's just moving paper around. He's just making photocopies. That's all he was doing. But he did it with a great attitude. There's something so contagious about someone who goes to work with a yes in fact, the Apostle Paul even has to speak about this. He says in Colossians 3, he says, work willingly, and that word willingly is like with your whole soul, with your whole being, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than working for people. This is a heart of service. This is what Paul's talking about. It's learning to serve to have a yes that serves other people. Now, there's one more yes that I want to talk about, and this one actually is a more all-encompassing yes. This is a yes that we say to God. This is a yes that we say to others, and it's the yes of joy, the yes of joy. Do you realize that joy is actually a choice? I know we don't think about it that way, but it really is. It's a choice. We choose joy. See, to me, too often what we think about joy is that it's conditioned upon the circumstances of my life. But we're invited to live lives of joy, not because of the circumstances of our life, not because our circumstances are good, not because you're smart, not because you're rich, not because you're young, not because you're untouched by, by calamity or, or, or cancer or sorrow. You and I are called to say yes to joy because of the promises that God has made. All 7,457 promises that we have in Christ Jesus. That's the reality in which we live. That's the ground upon which we stand on are the promises of God. 
We see a great example of this joy in the Old Testament, actually. It's the story of David and his wife, Michal. Um, in First Chronicles fifteen twenty nine. he says, and as, and as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came to the city of David, so as the, the Ark of the Covenant, this is where the presence of God dwelt, okay? As the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came to the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, goes on, looked out the window and saw King David dancing and rejoicing. Notice there's that joy part. Saw King David dancing and rejoicing and she despised him in her heart. The very same moment, the very same event in history, somebody chooses joy, somebody chooses to to despise. What's foreshadowed here is the presence of God. See, the Ark of the Covenant was, was symbolic of the presence of God. Wherever the Ark was, that's where the presence of God is. And now, in Jesus Christ, that presence is everywhere. In Jesus Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then, then God is as close to you as the air that you breathe. I can respond in two ways to the presence of God. I can respond with a yes, or I can respond with a no. I can be David, or I can be Michal. I can dance, or I can despise. It's a choice. And so why don't you dance? I mean, you have this one and only life. And all of God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus towards you, so why don't you dance? Why don't you, like, for example, one of the things you could do is you could write that word yes down on a card and put it on a nightstand next to you. And then whatever it is, whatever you're going through, whatever struggles you're feeling, whatever challenges you're feeling, you can, um, you know, you could just, you could just say yes to that. You could wake up in the morning, say yes to work. You could say yes to life, yes to people, yes to, to God. So why don't you dance? That's really the question. We do not do this because of the good things that are happening in our lives. I mean, we don't. We don't do this because it's a good thing to have a positive mental attitude. I mean, of course it is. We don't do this because it's, you know, makes things pleasant in our life. It, it, it does. We don't do this because the circumstances of our life are going great, because they might not be. We do this because of God's 7,457 promises that are yes in Christ Jesus. Every single one of them. Every single one of them are yes in Christ. Every single one of them finds their fulfillment in how he lived and he taught. Every single one of them finds their, are verified and made valid because of what he did on the cross for us. He went to the cross, he died on the cross, and now we have forgiveness of sins. Every single one of them were guaranteed because after three days, Jesus came out of the grave. I don't know, the Bible doesn't really say this, but I, I choose to believe this, that when Jesus was resurrected, when that stone rolled away, Jesus came out of that grave and it was, yes, yes, yes. And he probably danced as well. <laughs> That's why we say yes to God. We say yes to God because he has risen, because he is alive, because there are promises that you and I have that we can stand upon. So this is the week of yes. When you wake up tomorrow and you see people or you go to work or maybe you're at rest and you're laughing, you're crying, 
as you live every single moment of your life, will you make that a yes to God and a yes to others? Will it be yes, amen, let it be, so be it? I wanna pray for you. Here's what I wanna challenge you in. Last week, I challenged you to, what are you gonna say no to? And uh, many of you commented, there was like over 30 of you that sent me comments of things that you were saying no to. This week, what I wanna challenge you to do is what are you gonna say yes to? What are the things in your life that you need to, to reorient? Maybe you've had a no in your heart towards a certain person and maybe God wants you to change your heart towards that person and start acknowledging them, caring for them, serving them, making way for them, having goodwill towards them. What are you gonna say yes to? Let me pray for you. Father, we wanna thank you, God, right now. We thank you, Lord, for uh, all that you have done in our lives and you continue to do in our lives. And Father, we bring to you all the no's of our heart, all the things in our heart that we are holding on to, that we're not that we're not releasing the bitterness, the anger, the hurt. And God, we just release that to you. All of your promises are yes in Christ Jesus. All 7,457 of them are yes. And so we choose to live in that yes. We choose to rejoice. We choose to dance and not despise. We choose to say yes to our loved ones, our friends, to our colleagues. We choose to have a good attitude, Father. Good attitude at work, a good attitude when we serve. We choose, Father, joy tonight. In Jesus' name.